What's up? This is Joey McLaughlin with Stephen Gibbs, a.k.a. P. Gibby, Pastor Gibby, a.k.a. Barracuda. <laughs> what up, what up, what up? Hey, hey, good to be here. Well, we hope you guys had an amazing time at our Beyond Vision Retreat this weekend. Our prayer is that you are driving home full of expectation and excitement for where our church is headed. We know that this weekend probably felt like you were drinking from a fire hydrant. So much information, so many unbelievable things that God is getting ready to do in our church. And so we just wanted to slow the conversation down and try and set you up to process everything you just got to be a part of. Yeah, it it was a lot over the weekend. And we just wanted to have a real kind of straight conversation about what God's done in our hearts and just kind of let you in on how we would process the weekend, how we'd prepare for the journey ahead. And just always in a drive time, it's a great opportunity to have some either time with yourself to think through things or also some conversations with maybe your spouse if you came with them this weekend. Totally. So our hope is that this short podcast will first off make you laugh. Uh, Yep. AKA Barracuda. (laughs) And then secondarily set you up to have some awesome conversation with your spouse or maybe a friend you could call in your drive home about what God is getting ready to do through beyond at Stone Creek. So let's jump into it. Steven, what are you most pumped about over the next two years? You know, Joey, as uh, look over the next few years, I'm, I'm really excited about the way that we're uh, going to really apply a lot that we uh, created in a new day, just to be able to multiply and really double down on being a multiplying disciple-making church who elevates the name of Jesus. I think that this just is a change in our culture. It's going to change how people see us. It's going to change how we see ourselves and to move us into kingdom expansion. Mm. So that, that's probably me. What, what about you? Yeah, I feel like I'm going to get fired if I don't say Elevate City. Yep. So, <laughs> I'm excited about that, too. <laughs> um, I'm really pumped for us to be able to, exactly what you're saying, multiply what God has done at Stone Creek in Milton in the city of Sandy Springs. I believe that what we're doing at that campus is the church that a generation has been waiting for. Yeah. Um, and it's a church that Kayla and I have been dreaming to be a part of for a really long time. So I'm really pumped for us to be able to multiply our culture, our vision, our values down in Sandy Springs. Yeah. But the other thing I'm pumped about is the beyond beyond. Yeah. You know, we know that it's beyond church, beyond here, beyond now, beyond us. But even beyond that, I believe that God is going to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. He's going to show us things that we could have never anticipated. We could have never seen coming. Yeah. And I can't wait to see him show up and show off. Um in that way. So that's what I'm really pumped about. Yeah, that's great. So um, tell me this, if you and Debbie just experienced a weekend like what our people just got to experience, you just went to the Ritz and you got to soak it all in, you got to hear all this vision, what questions would you be asking? What would y'all's car ride home be like? If somebody could be a fly in your truck, what would they be hearing? Yeah, you know, we would just kind of ask each other, hey, well, what'd you think? Like, what, what'd you like? What was anything surprise you? Um, I'd want to know if I was dressed appropriately, of course. That's always a big question. But once we got beyond the superficiality, you know, we Can we just talk say, about that for a second? Does yeah. everybody know that Debbie picks out your clothes on Sunday mornings? I'm sure. I'm sure they do. Okay. I just want to make sure that that was officially on the record, that your wife picks out your clothes. Yeah, she does. And you can always tell when she's out of town. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'll wear a Stone Creek T-shirt. That's, That's what happens. Funny. Um, but, you know, we'll we'll talk about what we liked. Uh, we'll talk about the things that we want our lives to be, you know, spent around, the things that we really were passionate about. Um, we would talk about the different components probably of the vision and 
what it would take and how our hearts were tied to that. Um, I would begin to ask her, hey, what resonated with you? What thing did you really uh, feel like was for you? And then usually what God does in those moments is he speaks independently mm. just through our thoughts and our yeah. emotions and our feelings. And, uh, and and a lot of times they line up with what Debbie's heard. And mm. so we'll talk about some of those <laughs> things. And then if there's something different, we'll say, oh, that's not how I, what I got out of that. Here's what I got. And what did, what did you hear? And it helps us just kind of get uh, a more fully rounded understanding of kind of what's happening and what God's up to. Mm, that's good. That's what about really you great. guys? How do you guys process that? Yeah, I talk a lot and she just listens. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, my wife brings such an unbelievable, unique perspective where I'm a big vision in the air. Let's change the world, take the hill. And she's like, but what about people, you know? Yeah. So she really slows it down and asks great detail-oriented questions and brings out all these things that I would have totally, totally missed. And so she also helps me get practical. I'm very much like, we're selling our house yeah. and giving it all away. And she's like, you know, we have a daughter and she's got to go to college someday. So um, I think that we do a good job of balancing each other out to live in this rich kingdom tension of here and there of what God has called us to do in this moment and the kind of legacy that God wants us to live. So she really challenges me to think about things in a practical way, but she also challenges me, like she surprises me because out of nowhere, she will throw something out and I'll be like, whoa, slow down, girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know about that. Yeah. And so it's cool to watch in environments like this, the way that the Holy Spirit does things in Kayla's heart that I could have never predicted or never seen coming. Yeah. And that's what I love so much about um, being in a relationship with someone who is seeking Jesus and who is trying to really hear what he is saying to us as a couple and who's willing and obedient to respond no matter the cost. Yeah. So it's really beautiful. I learned so much. I don't know where I'd be without those conversations. Well, and I think that's how God works because usually I feel like I can't hear from God unless I've said it out loud to somebody else. Right. And some of that's because I'm an external processor. Right. Um, but also a lot of that's just because that's how we're made and God's wired us. and He wants mm. us to bounce ideas off each other to, to kind of, you know, iron sharpens iron to rub up against each other. And it's always amazing how he'll do something that's similar, but then something completely different yeah. that I'll think. And then she'll say, what about this? And she'll have something bigger or more grand than I could come up with after she so kind of moves through the practicalities of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I think that's a great note for a lot of guys who are probably in the car right now going like, man, I'm just internally processing all this. Hey, say it out loud. Yeah. Like, whatever you're thinking, just say it out loud. Just, hey, this or that or should we or shouldn't we? Um, I think saying it out loud can start a really beautiful conversation. Yeah. So I think that's a great, great tip. Um, tell me this. You would never say this about yourself, but you are one of the most generous people that I know. I don't think you've ever let me pay for a meal or a round of golf or anything for that matter when we've been together. Um, so what has been that secret ingredient in your life to make you such a generous person for you to live just so open-handed with your home and with your cars and with your with your wallet? Like you're just so generous. What, is, what has caused you to live that way? Yeah, you know, um, I'm glad that this is only audio because they wouldn't see the tears in my eyes, but I uh, <laughs> appreciate that. I, I think that, you know, obviously I think about 
I need to put the Jesus juke on. And I think about what Jesus has done for me, of course, but yeah. on a practical level, you know, I grew up in a home, we didn't have a lot. And my mom worked two jobs and she would work late into the evening and she worked all day on Saturday and she didn't get a lot of breaks. And she just always gave, she always gave, whether it was a tithe she would give out of our income, her income, or whether she would go pick up some kids to take them to church who didn't have a ride to church. And she would always open her doors. And I just remember her always being someone who gave and specifically she always gave financially when we didn't have it to give. Mm. And so as I reflect back on that, and I, I just look how God was so faithful to take care of us yeah. all those years. And I look at her life now, so we're going to get to celebrate her 80th birthday so cool. uh, in April. And just the lives that she's impacted as she looks back over the legacy that she's given and all that she gave to me. And man, if she can do it, I just feel like somehow God's still working through me to honor her her generosity. Yeah. So that's one reason. That's probably the most significant ingredient in my life. That is so cool. I love that. It's very widow's mite kind of story yeah. that it reminds me of is I might not have a lot, but I'm willing to give whatever I have for the sake of the kingdom. And I think that that's the posture that Christians have taken for the last 2000 years. And without that kind of posture, the church doesn't move forward. It takes money to do ministry. It takes dollars to be able to see dreams come to life. And um, it's because of people's sacrifice that yeah. um, the kingdoms move forward in a yeah. big way. So then why do you think so many of us, particularly in this culture, in this context, find it so difficult to live generously because your mom is coming from this place of, I have nothing, but I'm still willing to give. But then so many of us have so much, and yet we hold on so tight. Yeah. Um, you know, statistics would say the more you have, the less you give. And, you know, I don't know if that's always true. Obviously, that's a stereotype. I think for me and probably for a lot of people is because there's no immediate return, because we're laying up treasure in heaven, it's going to be hard for us to see it. You know, I can't track it on my spreadsheet, my monthly uh, investment growth. I right. can't watch it. I can't depend on it. So I think for a lot of us, just because the time horizon is so long yeah. and we feel like we need it right now uh, to prepare for the future or to enjoy something or whatever it is, um, I think that that's the biggest thing that holds us back is, is the now and us forgetting why we're living and forgetting that there is a life beyond what we see right wow. now. Yeah. And you have to fight for that. That's not natural. You don't naturally wake up in the morning and think, hmm, I wonder what heaven's going to be like. I think, hmm, I wonder if I'm, I'm going to be late for my appointment. Right. And so that's the world we live in. And it's busy and it's fast. And there's some immediate real needs that we mm -hmm. have. As you mentioned, you got college to pay for, for maybe, or a wedding uh, maybe, or uh, you, know, you have retirement to plan for. And there's just a lot of things that we have. And sometimes we forget God said those are his. Yeah. And so we just need to remember that. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that, you know, there was a, a quote that I heard one time that um, that has always stuck with me. And it's you can't put a number on love. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what is the value of how much you love that one person who doesn't know God yet? What is the value that you can put on that one person that hasn't experienced the love of Jesus yet? And um, I think that realizing that, that. Yeah, if I love people, if I love God, then there shouldn't be a number that I'm not willing to at least explore with right, him, you right. know, um, and that opened my hands a lot. And then I think that, yeah, seeing that this is about eternity and there are certain disciplines that we all have in our finances that take a long time to see the return on the yeah. investment. We, we may see marginal returns, but it takes time, right? It's um, investment and discipline over time that equals return. 
And so I think that if we realize that that same thing was true about the kingdom, um, that in time we will see that return. It might not be till yeah. we get to eternity, yeah. but one day somebody's going to walk up to you and go, hey, you never met me. Yeah, you, that's right. You never said anything to me, but I want you to know that God the Father connected the dots, and it's because you gave yeah. that I'm here. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait for that day. I can't wait to, for people to go, whoa, it was all worth it in the end. Yeah. So be cool. Well, I, and I, th I think there's some blessings that come through giving that you can't measure, and you, you can't, like you said, about love. I, I think there's some things that parents will get later down the road and renewed relationship with their kids because yeah. they were generous with their money. Right. And I think there's other things, you know, I'm not going to give a hundred dollars so I get a thousand back or a million. So I get 10 million. Right. That's not the way this thing works. Right. But I think what you do get in return is so much more valuable mm. than money. And I think that's what we need to hang on to. And I think it's realizing this. I have regretted <laughs> yeah. a lot of things I've spent money on in my life. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Uh, a treadmill for one that I'm getting ready to sell it a 50% discount because we've run on it 11 times in four years. Um, but I've never regretted being generous. Yeah. I've yeah. never written a check to a church or a ministry or bought something for someone or given money away and thought, man, I wish I could have that back so that I could go to the movies. Right, right. <laughs> never, right. you know? And so I think that a generous life is one without regrets. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so tell me this. Um, how do you and Debbie, in a moment like this, when you're discerning how generous you should be together, like what do you do together? What kind of conversations would happen moving forward to go, okay, what's our number? How much should we give? And what happens when she wants to give more than you? <laughs> Which happens a lot. Um, I think that, you know, some some of it's really practical, Joey. I, probably in most households, if if you're married, one person handles the finances more than the other. So the other person just kind of doesn't have quite the day in, day out understanding of the numbers. And so I think there's a little bit of a talk around those things. But before you get to that, I think we, we would have... Uh, just a general conversation. We want to give to this, man. Our heart's into this. We want to. We want it to matter. We want this not to be a tip we give to a God, but mm, really a, a, an investment into the future and into people's lives. And so once we do that, we'll just both kind of get away and pray and think. And um, I will talk to her about, hey, here's what we currently give because we give a percentage of our income, obviously, um, right now every single every single month based on what comes in. And I'll talk to her about that number. So that gives us an idea of what over, you know, what extra we need to, what's going to push us. Right. You know, we'll both come back with a number. And um, usually if one's higher than the other, then that's usually the one we end up going with. Not because Love it's it. higher, but just because as we talk about it, it's going to stretch us. And so that's more how we'll go about it. And then from there, we'll go about, okay, what does this look like? What, what adjustments in our budget do we need to make? How much of my clothing budget is going out the window? Um, <laughs> Um, because hers isn't, because hers is so small anyway. Um, but um, so yeah, that's kind of how we would process it. So what about you guys? How do y'all do that? Um, yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think that um, honestly, like what in moments like this, we we kind of lay everything on the table, yeah. and we're I think willing to go back to the drawing board on how we've seen life and what is important. And so we start to have really foundational conversations about the kind of people that we want to be, the kind of story that we want our lives to tell, and the kind of legacy that we want to live. And then in a moment like this, um, you know, we give and are a part of other things outside of Stone Creek. Yeah. And so our heart gets kind of pulled back into, okay, 
I don't want to be about everything because I'm, I'm about everything that I'm, about, that I'm about nothing. And so I think this really centralizes our focus and yeah. it reminds us of where we want to invest the bulk of our generosity. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, she'll pray about it. I'll pray about it. We'll look practically. Okay, what is, what, what is logical? What is even possible? And then we'll just try to push ourselves from that point. We'll yeah. try to go, okay, what would what would... If 10% is a baseline, what would more than 10% look like? Like how much more than 10% could we give? Um, and then we just pray and we, um, I think, take some time away and then we come back together and we just go, hey, what are you thinking? And yeah, kind of land on a number. Yeah, and I don't think we've ever been like, let's go with the smaller one. Worst case scenario, we split the difference. Right, you know? exactly. Worst case scenario, practical. we split the difference. So. I, know, I know you have a really cool story of just kind of seeing generosity stretch your faith, man. Could you share that one? Yeah, most definitely. So I was in college and a group of friends and I decided to go to this conference in Nashville and we were broke as a joke, you know, didn't have two pennies to rub together. And so we hopped on, um, together in a car, loaded up, piled in there and um, started to head from Atlanta to Nashville. And along the way, you know, middle of the night, we stop at this Waffle House and, you know, we go rumbling Waho, into this let's Waffle House. Come on, baby. All-star special all day. Cardiac arrest. Love it. <laughs> um, so we fumble into this Waffle House and we're being wild and crazy and, you know, playing Shania Twain, man, I feel like a woman on the jukebox and it's a big time. And then, uh, our waitress kind of comes up to the table and we just see very quickly that like, she is not in a good space. She is yeah. just like the worst day of her life is what it looks like. It's all over her. And, um, man, at the time God was just doing a lot and me and my friends and, um, one of us spoke up and said, hey, what if we just blew her mind with how much we tipped her? What if we yeah. just blew her mind with generosity? And so we just started having the conversation, how much could we give? Like, like what would be the most that we could give? Like, like and, and we even said, like, what would be a story that we could tell forever? Like, yeah. man, we just wanted to push ourselves. And so we did. We threw in everything that we had. And I can't remember the exact amount right now, but I think that it was something like $697, wow. okay? And so... Did you um, keep gas money to get home? <laughs> <laughs> I think we had a little bit of gas money to get home. We kind of counted up the cost for hotels and gas and a couple more meals and $697. So um, she comes up to the table at the end of the meal and we say, hey, because we didn't want to just do that kind of, we give the money and then walk away. Like we wanted her to know that this yeah. was Jesus-centered, that yeah. like, we didn't want the glory, but we wanted her to know that Jesus was the motivation behind us doing this. So she comes up to the table and we said, hey, we could just tell that you're having a really difficult day. And we wanted you to know that like God has not forgotten you, that God sees you, that God loves you, and that God wants to bless you and remind you that he's real. And so we want to tip you $697. And she starts weeping, yeah. like uncontrollably weeping. And she says, I'm a single mom. I got asked to work a double shift today. And I had to work this double shift because... My rent is due tomorrow, and my rent is $700 that I did not have. Wow. And we gave her $697. $697. And so the natural question everybody's asking, well, who held out the three bucks? Exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but what God did to show us when we were willing to be obedient, the way that he filled in the gaps for other people, it just caused me to go, okay, God, I'm in, I'm in. I have no idea the stories that you can write when I'm willing to open up my heart and when I'm willing to open up my wallet. Yeah. So I think that changed the game for us. So yeah, man, what steps would you encourage people 
going forward to take when they're thinking about their level of participation in this initiative? How should they feel about the amount that they commit to? Like when they go, okay, this is going to be my number. What emotions should be evoked? Yeah. The thing that I think uh, is how do you want your life to be spent? It's kind of the place I always start. Like, what what are the things I want to be said about me? So I always picture heaven, and what will I get thanked for there? Because yeah. I think that's what ultimately matters. So I think that's the things to really begin thinking about uh, on a bigger scale than just beyond. Like, what is my? What are they going to say about my life beyond my? Uh, the days I walk this earth. Yeah. And so that's the thing that kind of uh, resonates in my heart. And then as I begin to think about the different things that God is up to and the eternal consequences that this has, and I and I kind of move into more of the practical amount, uh, I, I would say, what's going to push me? Mm. Because for us, I think what can happen... Um, for people like me and you who are just, you know, we, we've kind of done this for a while sure. and we're in this world and it can be automatic. It can be something we do just to, just like we get up in the morning, we eat right. breakfast and we don't even think about it. Um, and it's like when we go to the gas station and we pump gas and we don't even look at the amount because we can afford it. Right. We, we don't even think about it. So I think the, the idea would be I, I'll find something that I'm comfortable at and say, oh, yeah, we could do this. And it wouldn't really it wouldn't really we wouldn't really notice it. Mm-hmm. Where are we going to notice it? That's good. Where, where's the place where I'll notice it? And I think that's that's where God will step in and fill in the gaps for us. And so that's where I would start because some people obviously they don't they don't really give. They, they don't have a framework for that. They haven't been taught this. They don't understand this. This is their first exposure to giving. And so I think for them to understand that you're not giving to uh, a church or initiative, you're giving to see life change. You're giving to see right. God do some work in people. You're giving to see the name of Jesus elevated yeah. and disciples made and transformation happen. And so when you, when you begin to frame it up like that, you realize you're not just giving, you're being generous. Mm. That God has given us stuff to, to really have impact on people's lives, which is an amazing other conversation we should have on another podcast. Um, so I think that's where Debbie and I will start is, okay, here, here's what we give now. Here's what we could give and we wouldn't notice it. How, how can we move beyond that? That's, that's so where good. we want to get. I love that. And I would say, I think that Jesus was very clear where your treasure is, there your heart will be Absolutely. also. And so I think that the emotion that you're looking for is my heart beating a little fast. Is my heart coming alive? Is my heart awakening to God and to obedience and to calling in ways that maybe I haven't experienced before? Am am I seeing with kingdom eyes? Those would be the questions that I'd be asking. When you're writing this check, are you seeing your money with kingdom eyes? And I think that if you are, then, man, God's going to be faithful and show up, and he's going to bless that and honor that and multiply that beyond our wildest imagination. I think, uh, as I think about generosity, as you tell a Waffle House story, I think about my kids. Mm. Like, if my kids were to see my generosity, what would wow. they say? Uh, because we've had some of those experiences when we've gone places, and we, when they were kids, we all have this idea that we want to tip a car. I love You know, that. and how awesome would that be? And so not cool. that and I'm certain we'll do it, but that they caught a vision for it early. Yeah. And so if someone else, if if my kids were to imitate my giving and my generosity, would the kingdom expand? Wow. You know, that's the type of emotion I'm looking at. That's so good. So good. Well, man, this has been awesome. Amazing truths, amazing challenge, such incredible practical insights on how we should be processing what we just got to experience. And so let's shut our big mouths up so that they can talk to each other. Sound good? Man, I've been waiting for that for seven years, Joey. <laughs> Well, your wish is my command. Uh, Converse Wellstone Creekers to infinity and beyond. (laughs)